Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. I hope all of you had a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I hope all of you were safe. I hope all of you out there are just are continuing to stay safe and continuing and continuing to socially distance yourselves or wear your mask, regardless of whether you're vaccinated or not. I'm going to continue to keep saying this until I'm blue in the face. We are all still in the middle of this pandemic. This pandemic is not over. I just want all of you sports fans just like me out there. I just want all of you to just be smart and be safe and don't be stupid. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, man, what a football weekend for college and pro conference championship games outside of one one big, big thud of a beatdown that uh, that I'm going to talk about a little bit. The college football weekend and the NFL weekend was pretty damn exciting. But first, let's start with college football. Obviously, as we all know, the conference championship, uh, conference championship weekend in college football took place. The Big 12 championship, the SEC championship, the Big 10 championship, the ACC title game. And I want to start with the Big 12 championship very, very quickly. The Big 12 championship, the Big 12 in general, in my era of watching college football, I have been so used to seeing Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, even though Nebraska's in the Big 10 now, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Colorado, who's who's been who's in the Pac-12 and have been in the Pac-12 for the last few years now. I've seen I've seen Big 12 football especially defensively, only be played by maybe one or two, maybe three programs over the last 15 to 20 years. And the three programs that you could bank on to play really, really good defense were Nebraska, before they moved on to the Big Ten, and Texas and Oklahoma, up until they move on to the SEC. I say that to say this. Baylor and Oklahoma State, they have probably looked defensively as good as they will probably ever look in their program's history. And I say that because watching Baylor and Oklahoma State over the last 10 to 15 years, watching quarterbacks like watching quarterbacks like RG3 come through the program, watching quarterbacks like Brandon Whedon come through Oklahoma State, you're so used as a college football fan like I am and like all of you are, you're so used to watching teams like Oklahoma State with Brandon Whedon put up 35, 40, 45, maybe even 50 points, but then you always have to bank on their defense giving up 45, 50 points. Same thing with Baylor with guy, with quarterbacks like RG3. You're so used to seeing teams like that put up, 35, 40, 45, maybe even 50 points if they're, if they're really on fire. But you can always bank on their defense possibly giving up 38, 35, 40 points. Watching Oklahoma State and Baylor combined only give up 38 points or 37 points in that game was absolutely was absolutely incredible to watch. That game was so damn physical that it wasn't even funny. There were two there were two moments in this game that really caught my attention. And if it weren't for these plays, one play specifically, if it wasn't for 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 these two plays, I honestly believe Oklahoma State gets probably gets blown the hell out in this game. Late in the first half, towards the end of the first half, Baylor's up 21-6. 
if core if defensive back Corey Black does not block that field goal, Baylor goes up twenty four to six at the end of the first half, and that game was more than likely going to end up being a blowout. Then late in the se- then probably I think if I'm not mistaken, midway through the second half, late third quarter quarter I think early fourth quarter, Oklahoma State's defense just turned us turned on a switch, and they just they got after Blake Shapin. To the point where, to the point where, their defensive front—I think it was Malcolm Rodriguez—forced a fumble, and who recovered it? Corey Black. And those plays, Oklahoma State, honestly, Spencer Sanders played so damn poorly in this game that Oklahoma State's defense made it their obligation to keep that to keep their offense in the game. And damn it, if their defense didn't do it. And towards the end of this game, this game was so exciting that towards the end of the game, it literally came down to the last play of the game for Oklahoma State, where that where their backup running back, Jackson, barely missed, and I mean barely missed scoring the game-winning touchdown. And it was literally inches away, inches away from Oklahoma State entering into the college football playoff. So that game, it was really, really refreshing, and it was really, really awesome to see Oklahoma State and Baylor play such a physical defensive game when for years you've seen in the past that their offense puts up 40, but then their defense gives up 35. It it was so It was so refreshing to see Oklahoma State and Baylor just play such a physical, physical brand of football. And Oklahoma State and Baylor ain't going nowhere anytime soon. And I'm very, very excited to see what those programs will do in the future. Defensive coordinator Jim Knowles for Oklahoma State, he schemed up one hell of a football game. And it was really, really exciting to see that. I feel really bad for Oklahoma State because they had a, they still had a chance to win that game. Despite the fact that Spencer Sanders played so poorly, they still had a chance to win that game. And I feel bad for Oklahoma State, but at the same time, Baylor, they played their asses off too. And I'm really excited for these programs moving forward. And as we all know, obviously Baylor picked up the win 21-16. to The SEC championship game. And I'm going to talk about Georgia in the next segment of the show. But the SEC championship game, Georgia's number one defense. I'm just going to say this just flat out. Alabama is going to run the SEC until Nick Saban retires. As good as Georgia's defense was throughout the entire year, Bryce Young absolutely carved up that carved up that Georgia defense like it wasn't nothing. Jamison Williams... Oh, my God. I mean, my goodness gracious. Jamison Williams is hands down the best receiver in college football, period. He reminds me of what Jalen Waddle was last year before Jalen Waddle broke his ankle against Tennessee. Jalen Waddle is a beast. John Mechie. John Mechie tore his tore his ACL in the SEC championship game. He's not going to be able to play in the college football playoff. So I hope he gets healthy. I really, really hope he gets healthy. And at the end of the day, Bryce Young, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. He 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 just he just is. 
But it got to a point in this game where the game was close, the game was even, but Stetson Bennett just just Stetson Bennett just like a lot of Georgia quarterbacks in the past, like Jake Fromm, like Matthew Stafford to a degree. Well, not so much Matthew Stafford, Jake Fromm, Aaron Murray. They just cannot overcome the crucial the crucial mistake or the crucial moments of of taking advantage of beating Alabama when you need to. And that's why I believe as long as Nick Saban is there, it just feels like Alabama's going to run the SEC for as long as Nick Saban is there. But Alabama goes on to crush Georgia 41-24 to in the SEC championship game. Big Ten championship game, yeah, yeah, I was wrong about that. I was wrong. I, I was I was totally wrong about that. And Michigan just absolutely just destroyed Iowa. There's really no point in talking about it. They murdered them. They manhandled them. It wasn't even close. Next up, obviously, as we all know, the news came down earlier today. It was official. Mario Cristobal is leaving the University of Oregon to take over to be the new head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. This is very, very, very good for the Miami Hurricanes. Mario Cristobal is a Miami native. He used to play for the Miami Hurricanes. He won a national championship in Miami. And the one thing that he'll be able to do, that Lincoln Riley will also be able to do, that Brian Kelly will also be able to do at LSU and at USC, they'll be able to keep recruits that normally would not have stayed in Miami or or California or in Baton Rouge a few years ago, they're going to be able to, They're gonna, those coaches are going to be able to keep those guys in those states. And that's going to be able to build these programs back up to what they used to be in the past. So I'm proud of USC. I'm proud of, um, I'm, pr- I'm proud of USC. I'm proud of LSU and I'm proud of Miami. They all, got, they all got their guys and they're, and them getting their guys were home runs. Notre Dame hiring Marcus Freeman, defensive uh, uh, former former defensive coordinator, who was in house. They hired him now. He's the head man of Notre Dame. He knows what that job entails, and all these co- all of these programs got their guy. And I'm very very happy for these programs. And Notre Dame will be fine. Miami will get back to where they need to be. LSU will get back to being one of the top teams in the SEC like they were six seven years ago. USC will get back to being what they used to be, and Oklahoma will will find their guy, and they will stay where they are as far as being a powerhouse in college football. Moving on to the NFL. Obviously, in the NFL, as far as week as far as week fourteen, or excuse me, week thirteen goes in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs knocked off the Denver Broncos despite not despite their offense still struggling to a degree. The Seattle Seahawks knock off the San Francisco 49ers and a much, much needed uh, needed victory and, and a relief victory for the Seahawks. The Washington football team keeps their playoff hopes alive, knocking off the Las Vegas Raiders with a Brian Johnson 48-yard field goal at the gun. The Rams smash Jacksonville. The Los Angeles Chargers go into Cincinnati and just absolutely just murder the, the Cincinnati Bengals. And... Honestly, in the first half of this game, the the Los Angeles Chargers they were just winging it. I mean, they were I mean they were letting Justin Herbert loose in this game. Justin Herbert was throwing bombs like it was nobody's business. Mike, Mike Williams, Mike Williams catching Mike Williams catching bombs. Jalen Guyton 
catching bombs down the field. Keenan Allen getting open. Jared Cook getting open. But then it got to a point where in the middle of the second quarter, early third quarter, as well as the Chargers were dominating, they kind of got conservative. They kind of got conservative for a few possessions in this game, and it, they got so conservative that on numerous occasions in this, on numerous drives, multiple drives, Austin Eckler fumbled, and that kind of allowed Cincinnati to hang around in this game. And when the fact that Austin Eckler turned the ball over as much as he did, that allowed Cincinnati to hang on to, to hang in this game. And at one point, Cincinnati was driving down the field to actually take the lead when the Chargers were up twenty-two to twenty. But then Joe Mixon fumbles, Tavon Campbell returns it for a touchdown, and then after that, the Chargers just took over this game, and the Chargers win forty-one twenty-one. The Detroit Lions, I am so happy for the Detroit Lions. They finally pick up their first win of the season, 29-27, on a Jared Goff touchdown pass to uh, to Amandra St. Brown. And that loss by the Minnesota Vikings to to the Detroit Lions kind of hurt the Vikings' playoff chances. The Arizona Cardinals smashed the Chicago Bears to hold on to the one seed in the NFC. Tom Brady and the Bucks smashed the Falcons in an AFC South divisional matchup. And lastly, the Miami Dolphins continue to, to, to uh, excuse me, continue to stay on a roll as they've won five in a row, if I'm not mistaken, and they smashed the New York Giants 20 to 9. So those are my takeaways from conference conference championship weekend in college football and those are my takeaways from week 13 in the nfl coming up next ladies and gentlemen coming up next i'm going to tell you guys why as long as nick saban is at alabama georgia will not win the national championship and also i'm going to tell you guys why the kansas city chiefs kind of look like one of the better teams in the afc but they really don't And then I'm going to give you guys my top three most interesting games for week 14 in the NFL. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Um, A little bit earlier on in the show, I kind of, a little bit, a little snippet, I kind of talked about how with Alabama defeating Georgia for the third time in a row in in an SEC championship game, I kind of talked about how how as long as Nick Saban is in the SEC, Alabama will just con- will just constantly continue to be the kings of the SEC and run the SEC. And I'm sticking to that, and here's why. Over the past nine years, Alabama and Georgia have played each other four times in big games, whether it be in the two, whether it be three times in the SEC championship games in the SEC championship game in 2012, 2018 and now 2021 or whether it be in the 2019 college football national championship game. They've played each other four times in big games. And each time that they've played each other in big games, Georgia has collapsed late in games. And I say that for this reason. And I will never understand this for the life of me. Over the past nine years, take Matthew Stafford out of the equation for a second. Okay? Take Matthew Stafford out of the equation. They've had Jake Fromm. I'm talking about Georgia. They've had Jake Fromm. They've had Aaron Murray. And now they've had Stetson Bennett. 
for some reason, let's start with 2012. For some reason, Georgia's quarterback situation just has not been good enough for them to get over the hump and beat Alabama. Georgia's always had good perimeter weapons. They've always had good running backs. They've always had really, really good offensive lines. And they've always had really, really damn good defenses. It's just the quarterback position, whether it be Jake Fromm, Aaron Murray, and now Stetson Bennett, has always come back to bite Georgia in the ass. But I say all of that to say this. Let's talk about these four championship games that Georgia and Bama have played in. The 2012 SEC championship game. Georgia's up 21-10 at halftime. Second half, what happens? Alabama comes out, they flip a switch. They just start pounding the hell out of Georgia with the run game with T.J. Yeldon and with um, with Eddie Lacy. And, it, and, and Alabama's physicality just takes over this game. And Alabama ends up winning the game in the end because Georgia can't finish. Fast forward, 2018, the 2018 SEC Championship game. Tua gets hurt. Tua gets hurt. Georgia's playing really, really well. Tua gets hurt. Jalen Hurts comes off the bench. And and what happens? Georgia's offense starts losing momentum. And then that bleeds into Georgia's defense, who starts to lose momentum. And then Alabama... Starts taking over the game. Jalen Hurts plays well. And Jalen Hurts leads Alabama to the SEC championship game. Victory. Then fast forward a month later in the college football national championship game. What happens? The same thing happens with Bama, but in reverse. Jalen Hurts actually starts the, the national championship game in 2019, but he plays so poorly that what does Nick Saban do? At halftime, what does he do? Takes Jalen Hurts out, put Tua, puts Tua in. Late in the game, Tua hits Calvin Ridley in the back of the end zone. Which, by the way, speaking of uh, speaking of Alabama, Georgia was up twenty to seven in that game at halftime. They were up twenty to seven again. Georgia playing well, but not being able to finish. Georgia was Georgia was up twenty to seven at halftime in that national championship game in two thousand nineteen. But again. What does Nick Saban do? Takes Jalen takes Jalen out because Jalen was playing so poorly. Puts Tua in late in the game. Again, as always, what does Georgia uh, uh, Georgia do? Their offense starts losing momentum. Their defense starts to lose momentum along with their offense, and they start to panic. Even though the game is still close, Georgia you could kind of you could see Georgia panicking late in the game. Late in the game, Tua hits Calvin Ridley in the back of the end zone for a touchdown to take the lead. Georgia goes back down the field to kick a field goal to send the game into overtime. Fast forward to overtime, Georgia never touches the ball, and and Tua drives Bama down the field, hits Devontae Smith for a game-winning touchdown. Alabama wins the national championship. And then you fast forward to this year, two years later. Bryce Young, Stetson Bennett. What is the common denominator with this SEC championship game compared to the, to, the, to the other three big games that I just mentioned? Georgia always starts fast. But then once Alabama flips a switch, Georgia still kind of is still able to match Bama's physicality. But in the end, 
Alabama just overwhelmed overwhelmed Georgia again. And Alabama in the second half just at Bryce Young and Alabama just absolutely just ramrodded Georgia to the point where it was not even close. Bryce Young threw for over 400 yards in this game. Threw for over 400 yards. Jamison Williams was going off. John Mechie going off. Bolden, the slot receiver, going off. Their tight end had a few catches in this game. Bryce Young carving up that carving up that Georgia defense like it's nobody's business. It's simply put, it's just as simple as this. As long as Nick Saban is is at Alabama, as long as Nick Saban has or continues to recruit and bring in the 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 kind of playmaking quarterbacks that he's brought into this onto that program. As long as these these big time recruits, as far as weapons on the on at the receiver position or at the running back position, continue to come to Alabama, and as long as Alabama's defense is still pretty damn decent, because their defenses haven't been good over these last couple of years, they really haven't been good. And Nick Saban even and Nick Saban Nick Saban even said it himself: "We're not but like." Teams' defenses are not going to be able. We're not going to be able to stop anybody because college football is so spread out. But as long as Alabama is really, really good offensively, and just and just and really damn defense and really damn decent defensively, Alabama is just going to continue to run all over the SEC. And here's the scary part about it: Nick Saban's offense is better than his defenses now because his defense is always used to used to clearly be better than his offenses it's completely flipped now and as long as Nick Saban is there as long as Nick Saban is there it just feels like Alabama's going to run the SEC and Georgia just won't be able to get over the hump until Nick Saban retires but next up ladies and gentlemen I want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, in my opinion, they look they they look like one of the best teams in the AFC. But still, if you watch them last night, and I'm going to continue to keep saying this, if you watch the Kansas City Chiefs last night, as good as they played defensively, the Denver Broncos ran all over the Kansas City Chiefs. They could not stop the, the the Chiefs could not stop Javante Williams to save their life. He was pounding the rock down their throat. And here's the other thing. Kansas City, yes, they're seven and four. Or yes, they're eight and four, excuse me. Yes, they're eight and four or seven and four. But at the end of the day, their offense still looks like it's struggling to put up points. Why? And I'm gonna continue to keep saying this. Why is Kansas City's offense struggling? Because they're so used to the big play that what are teams doing? Teams are backing their defense up and making Kansas City go 12, 13, 14, 15 plays because they know Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes is going to eventually make a mistake. And Patrick Mahomes wants to go for the deep shot on every play, and he knows that he can't because teams are playing Kansas City to keep everything in front of them defensively. 
So, yes, does Kansas City look like one of the best teams in the AFC? Yes, they do. But if you really look at them and you really pay attention to them, Kansas City, realistically, they're just another team in the AFC that looks really, really flawed on defense and they look flawed on offense. So, you know, do I believe Kansas City will get to the Super Bowl? Honestly, I don't. I honestly, honestly don't. And I believe they won't get and I believe they won't get to the Super Bowl Super Bowl because of the simple fact that the Kansas City Chiefs aren't willing to be patient enough on offense. And not only that, they still can't run the football offensively. And then on defense, on defense, they still struggle to stop the run. They still struggle to stop the run because their defense is not built to stop the run. So Yes, while they look like one of the best teams in the in the AFC, realistically, if you really pay attention, they're just another flawed, flawed team in a wide open AFC. But next up, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to give you guys my top three most interesting games in week 14 of the NFL. My number three most interesting game. The Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys. This game is very, very important for both teams. This game is important for Dallas because Dallas needs to maintain their two-game lead in the NFC East. And this game is really important for Washington because Washington needs to try to hold on to that last wildcard spot. I believe this game will be, will be low scoring. I believe this game will be physical. But ultimately, in the end, I believe the Dallas Cowboys win this game. 26 to 23. My number two most interesting game for week 14 in the the NFL. The Buffalo Bills will take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Honestly, I believe this game will simply come down to can 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 the Buffalo Bills run the football? They cannot run the football. They can't. And not only that, the the even more scarier part about it is not only can Buffalo not run the football, but Tampa Bay can stuff the run too. So this game is going to simply come down to can Josh Allen keep Buffalo in the game? I believe, honestly, I don't believe this game will even be close. I believe Tampa wins this game over the Buffalo Bills 33-23. to And my number one most interesting game for week 14 in the NFL, next Monday night, the Los Angeles Rams take on the Arizona Cardinals. In my opinion, this game means a lot to both teams. This uh, this game means a lot to Arizona because Arizona is trying to maintain their three to four game lead in the NFC West. But the Rams are also trying to stay in the NFC wildcard picture. I believe ultimately, I believe this game will come down to the simple fact of can the can the Los Angeles Rams get to Kyler Murray because they've always struggled even when they didn't have Vaughn Miller they still struggled to get to Kyler Murray Kyler Murray gives them problems if they can get to Kyler Murray the Rams have a chance if not the Rams don't have a chance in hello winning this game which brings me to I believe the Arizona Cardinals win this game and they win it 27 to 24 Coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, is the final segment of the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. Earlier on in the show, I talked about how as long as Nick Saban and the and is, is, is at the University of Alabama, that 
Georgia just simply just won't be able to get over that hump and win a national championship. Which brings me to the year 2012. Why do I bring up the year 2012? Because that is the year, like I brought up earlier on in the show, that is the year that Alabama and Georgia met in the SEC championship game. The game was close, like I mentioned before, but Georgia just couldn't quite get over the hump and defeat the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama won the national, won the SEC championship in 2012, and they went on to face Alabama. I mean, they went on to face Notre Dame, excuse me, in the national championship game, and they just absolutely, they they just they murdered Notre Dame. I mean, murdered them. Game wasn't even close. But what if, what if Georgia? had actually defeated Alabama in the 2012 SEC championship game. What if what if Jake Fromm had completed a touchdown pass on that last drive late in that game? What if what what if Georgia had won that game? If Georgia wins that game and they win the national championship, they go on to face they 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 literally go on to face Notre Dame in the national championship game with Mark Richt as their head coach. If Georgia goes on to face Notre Dame in that in that national championship game and not Alabama, does Georgia win that national championship game? And not only that, does Mark Rick still does Mark Rick still remain at Georgia even till this day? If and honestly, if I'm being honest, I think if Georgia defeats Bama in that title game, if Georgia defeats Bama in the SEC title game in 2012, and they go on to face Georgia, and they go, and Georgia goes on to face Notre Dame in the SEC title game, and Notre and Georgia beats Notre Dame, and and Mark Rick wins a national championship. I honestly don't believe Mark Rick leaves Georgia. I think he's still at. I th- I still think he's at Georgia even till this day. But then again, ladies and gentlemen, that's why this is what if you never ever know. What if Georgia had beaten Alabama in that title game? Is Mark Rick still there even till this day? You never know. That's why this is what if. Thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. I'm your host, Jared Dawkins. I hope all of you out there continue to stay safe. I hope all of you out there continue to wear your mask and socially distance yourselves. Tonight, Monday Night Football, the the New England Patriots take on the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots to win this game. This is going to be a good game. The game is going to be close. But ultimately, I believe New England wins this game and they win it and it's going to be a it's going to be a good fun close football game. Thank you for tuning in ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Have a good week. I'm out. Peace.